Yo, what's up? This is Nutrient Daily. I'm Brady Rude, your host. Today's episode is about glutathione. Let's go. So if you've been alive for at least 20 minutes, you've probably heard of glutathione. Back in 2001, WebMD called it the new supplement on the block. But glutathione has been known about since 1888, when a French physician isolated it from animal and yeast cells. He originally named it philothion, which has Greek roots relating to sulfur. But in 1921, philothion was renamed to glutathione. The thione part is a subtle shout out to the original name. And since the early 20th century, glutathione has hardly left the limelight. Here is a list of clinical conditions associated with glutathione. Aging and related disorders, Alzheimer's disease, cancer, chronic liver disease, cognitive impairment, cystic fibrosis, diabetes, especially uncontrolled diabetes, human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV, and acquired immune deficiency syndrome, AIDS, hypertension, infertility in both men and women, lupus, mental health disorders, multiple sclerosis, neurodegenerative disorders, and Parkinson's disease. Also known by its abbreviation GSH, glutathione has been studied extensively over the last century. It is a tripeptide consisting of the amino acids glutamate, cysteine, and glycine. Glutathione can be found in all cells, but it is largely found in the liver. This should come as no surprise. Since glutathione is a powerful antioxidant responsible for detoxing our bodies, and the liver is our main detoxifying organ. So, right away, we can make a claim that proper liver function is most likely related to glutathione levels. And a paper published in 2020 confirmed that connection. In people with liver disease, glutathione levels drop, creating a vicious cycle which worsens the liver's condition and thus causes even lower glutathione levels in the body at large. So glutathione is obviously very important for keeping our bodies free of toxic material. But what is toxic material anyways? Should we even be concerned about glutathione levels if we don't have liver disease? Well, let's look at some sources of toxicity to see if we need to be concerned. Right away, when one Googles anything about toxins, there is an alarming array of .gov websites and scientific journals with some common words interspersed among their article briefings. These are familiar words like food, water, soil, and air. Did you know that, according to a paper published in 2010, there were over 100,000 chemicals in commercial use? Today, after facing scrutiny about not knowing the number of chemicals in use, the EPA claims there are about 40,000 chemicals being used commercially. Although, the EPA has a total inventory of about 86,000 chemicals. That number comes after 40 years without an update to the inventory list. So anywhere between 40,000 and 100,000 chemicals being used in our everyday products, I'm scared of the lower bound 40,000 just as much as 100,000. 
but I digress. Some common toxins found from food that you wouldn't normally think of as toxins are BPA, which disrupts your hormone system by acting like estrogen in the body. BPA is found in canned foods in most plastic bottles, like water bottles and pop bottles. Look for BPA-free at the store, on the label. It's usually just right on the bottle or on the can. Um, and go for natural products when possible. Grilled meat. So when you cook meat at high temperatures, the combustion of the meat causes carcinogens, or cancer-causing chemicals, to form. So all of the charred bits are cancer-promoting. So cooking meat at lower temperatures for longer and marinating your meat are ways to reduce the carcinogens. Another one is trans fat, or anything that says partially hydrogenated, insert name of oil here. So when you see partially hydrogenated soybean oil, it's just trans fat. So basically, the oil, whether it be soybean, peanut, or vegetable oil, is pressurized in an environment with excess hydrogen, which turns the oil into a solid state. Uh, fully hydrogenated oils, like those that are found in your peanut butter, are better than partially hydrogenated, as fully hydrogenated oil contains no trans fat. Trans fat has repeatedly been shown to cause inflammation and increased risk of heart disease. Okay, last on my list, but certainly not last on the food toxins list, is added sugar. Under the row that says sugar on your nutritional label is where added sugars will be. Excess sugar is linked to a host of diseases. Type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, heart disease, and fatty liver disease. Notice liver disease. That could become a vicious cycle, as mentioned earlier. What's more, and if you've heard my previous episodes, you've heard me say this before, but sugar is addicting in the same way that alcohol or drugs are addicting. Yet another vicious cycle. And another reminder of why sugary foods are not here to help you win. We all know this, it's just a good reminder from time to time. The fact of the matter is this. On your food, in your water, outside of your door, and right under your nose, there are thousands of synthetically produced chemicals that may or may not pose serious health risks to you, your children, and your pets. Now, I'm not trying to go all doomsday here. We have still managed to increase our lifespan while also increasing environmental contaminants. But at what cost? I'll start by saying, although it is nearly impossible to pinpoint the cause of neurodegenerative diseases, there are strong epidemiological links between environmental toxins and Parkinson's disease as well as multiple sclerosis and other progressive diseases of the brain. It's worth noting that back in 2018, I volunteered at a walk for multiple sclerosis in Iowa, and I had the chance to speak with the man who was in charge of the whole event. His wife has MS, and he firmly believes that pesticides are the main contributing factor to her diagnosis. It was heart-wrenching to hear their story, and even more saddening to think about how many stories out there are like theirs. I wish I knew their names. So, we are living longer, 
and that is making brain diseases more prevalent among the elderly. Some say this is simply because the older populations are alive long enough for their brains to start to slow down and deteriorate. I am a firm believer that that is a cop-out. I believe we have the means to see life expectancy rise while instance of neurodegenerative diseases goes down. A factor in this case which I believe is paramount to consider is environmental toxins. Since it would likely be difficult to enact and enforce legislation to effectively eliminate environmental contaminants, I believe we should look not on the offensive, but on the defensive side, our body's natural ability to fight and neutralize these toxins. This is where all antioxidants come into play, but especially the ringleader of them, which is glutathione. Like I said earlier, glutathione is a natural defense to toxic materials in our body. Our body produces glutathione in all of its cells, but in relatively large quantities in liver cells. So let me just cut to the chase. How do we get more of this stuff in our cells? After all, aging will cause your body to produce less and less glutathione. Less glutathione means less protection for your cells. And as stated earlier, when we mentioned liver disease, this can be a vicious cycle. The more we can do to slow this process down, or even reverse it, theoretically, the longer we can live happy, healthy, and meaningful lives. Okay, so the moment you've been waiting for. Here is the best glutathione supplement on the market today. That's right, there's not one. Unfortunately, glutathione is tricky. Studies trying to determine the effects of direct glutathione supplementation seem inconclusive so far. And there still seems to be ambiguity in how to best increase your glutathione levels. Citing a review from September of 2019, here are the best foods to naturally boost glutathione levels. Spinach, broccoli, yams, potatoes, Brussels sprouts, carrots, beets, rice bran, and organ meat. These foods are sources of alpha-lipoic acid, which has a recommended daily intake of about 400 milligrams. But most foods don't contain much alpha-lipoic acid, with the exception of livers. So alpha-lipoic acid supplements might be needed. 250 grams per day of brassica vegetables, like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, collard greens, turnips, and kale. If eating kale, watch for pesticides. Go organic if possible. Up to 12 grams a day of curcumin, and that's found either in supplement form or from turmeric, which is a spice often used in curries and foods of that sort. Big fan of turmeric. You can also use turmeric in teas, but 12 grams of curcumin, probably going to be hard to get that from a tea. Look into supplements for curcumin. It's been used in the Eastern world, in India for uh, millennia, maybe. A lot of 
a lot of health benefits there and you can increase your absorbance of turmeric by using black pepper. Okay, four cups of green tea per day can help boost glutathione levels. 4,000 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. That might seem like a lot, but one six ounce filet of salmon contains just that. Also, two ounces of walnuts contains over 4,000 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. And just a little over half an ounce of flax seeds does the same. And if you're eating flax seeds, I'd recommend the ground flax seeds. You're more likely to get the health benefits from ground flax seeds rather than whole flax seeds. Some vitamins, vitamin C. 500 to 2,000 milligrams a day has been shown to increase glutathione levels. Vitamin E. 100 to 400 international units per day. And whey protein, 40 grams per day. I want to make a note about whey protein. In this study, whey protein caused a dose-dependent increase of glutathione levels. This is likely due to the cysteine that is in whey protein. So even if you're not bulking or weight training at all, Maybe adding whey protein semi-regularly to your diet isn't a bad idea, especially if you can't eat vegetables at every meal. A whey protein shake with sugar-free Greek yogurt and ground flaxseed might keep you alive long enough to live on Mars. I hopefully will see you there. That's the goal of all of this anyways, right? Live long enough to get to Mars? Well, whatever your goal is, I'm here to support it. Glutathione is your friend. And eating the foods I just mentioned every single day is sure to boost your glutathione levels. Day to day, we are exposed to some of the thousands of chemicals that are out there. If you're in a city, you've got even more of those chemicals around you. Please take care to take care of yourself. I care about you, and I care about us. As always, thank you for being here. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at nutrientdaily at gmail.com. Again, I'm Brady, and I'm happy to be here. I hope you learned something, and I'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. <laughs>